where visionaries, entrepreneurs, and artists dream, transform, and create. Ray TV. You are listening to Miracle Moment, and I am your host, Ray Ireland. This is where trailblazing, truth-telling, provocative, and successful entrepreneurs and creatives from around the globe share their number one miracle moment that changed everything, pointing them in the direction of igniting epic soul alignment in their life and business. These renegade souls will show you the behind the scenes, real life magic on how to create a world-class lifestyle of true success. I am so glad you're tuning in. Hello, everyone. Here we are for another episode of Miracle Moment. Today, we have Kira Doyle here, and she is a business owner, human design coach, and she also has her own podcast called Meeting Your Magic. So how perfect. We have have the magic woman here, the miracle woman here. Like Things are going to get very fun and sparkly, I feel. (laughs) Um, So... She used to be a former uh, beauty industry leader who was always like looking for more. And so now she really helps women find their most alive, authentic, abundant lives using human design. And so something that I think is going to be really cool in this conversation is looking at human design to help create evidence of like your soul path and like your soul alignment, which I think would potentially lead to experiencing more magic and miracles. And so we'll kind of explore this idea, this concept and um, dive in. So thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ray. I'm so excited to be here. And I love how we both play off the alliteration of M, like I'm meeting your magic and your miracle (laughs) moments. I was thinking about that this morning before I came on. I was like, we were really picking up what would each other was putting down. Exactly. It's like, okay, this is going to be like fun, playful. I love it. (laughs) Already aligned. (laughs) Already aligned. It just feels good. Like coming off the, the tongue, right? It just rolls right off. Miracle moments, meeting your magic. It's so good. (laughs) So you're doing amazing stuff right now. Um, I would love for you to introduce a little bit more of yourself to our audience and just share your story. Like, how did you get to becoming, you know, a human design coach and having a podcast called Meet Your Magic, Meeting Your Magic? Like, tell us a little bit about the background of where you've come from. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, I just want to start by saying it was not, it was not a linear path mm-hmm. by any means. And I'm now 34 years old. And I, I, I definitely spent the better part of my twenties thinking that I was incredibly lost, that I was out of alignment, that something was off. And it was not until I discovered human design that I realized that I'm actually designed to want to experiment in different careers and get my hands in a lot of things. I'm called manifesting generator. So for those listening that are not familiar with human design, I I just, I got to tell you, it's one of the most transformational tools you will ever find in your life. And it gives you so Mm. much permission to be yourself. And as a, a manifesting generator an MG, I am designed to live a multifaceted career and to have tons of different hobbies. And in fact, one of the ways that MGs are designed to move through the world is through something called shortcuts to mastery. So it's about getting really good at something really quickly and then feeling that innate 
desire, that pull inside to move on to something else. But I was, I was raised by my mom's a baby boomer and um, she was just worked her way up through the corporate ladder. She was one of the first women to ever hold the position that she had in her company. She worked for sales. Yeah. She was so, Oh God. I used to watch her. She used to wear these like these suit jackets with like shoulder pad, um, a cute little briefcase. (laughs) She always had a diet Coke in her hand and she (laughs) would go off and go on these like incredible business trips. And, um, I just, I really aspired to have her level of success. Like I, I, and I was so inspired by her all the time. And my mom had the same job for 30 something years. And she got her, her, her job right out of college. Like she graduated college, married my dad, started her career five years later, started having babies, my sister, then myself, then my younger brother. And like, Mm -hmm. she just looked like, and sorry to swear, but she just looked, she had her shit together. Like it just like, she did not, she did not mess up. There were no curveballs. It was just like one correct. And I'm using my fingers to create air quotes on correct decision after another that just like led her on this path. And I had seen so much of that by like my mother's friends and all the women and the people that inspired me in the world were people who were at the top of their game. They were like experts. And um, I got, when I was little too, I even think about the media I used to consume. I used to love watching like TLC, like extreme makeover. And I would watch like the best stylist or um, uh, Tabitha Coffee, Tabitha Salon takes over. You might be too young for that one, Ray, but I was like, <laughs> I would just glue my eyes to the TV. And like, they were just these people that had gotten so far in their career. Mm-hmm. So this is what I thought I was supposed to want. And I graduated college uh, with a writing, a, a background in writing. And at the time, I started working at a hair salon on Newberry Street because I always knew I wanted to be in the beauty industry. And um, the agreement I made with my parents was I'll go to school if you force me to. Mm-hmm. I went to school in Boston. And when I'm done, I'm going to go to cosmetology school and I'm going to become a hairdresser. It was just one of those careers that I thought I'd have flexibility. I get to travel, I get to like speak on stages. Like I wanted to be like a big name in the beauty industry. So yeah. I graduate school and I had been working at a hair salon. Um, I had started as receptionist. I worked my way up to manager by the time I graduated and I started doing PR for them. And I actually figured out how to write press releases and get us into magazines and get us write ups. So I started doing work in PR right when I graduated. And then that job translated into a job in sales. And um, it's like, I blinked my eyes. I was two years post-grad. I was working in a corporate office for a beauty, like a beauty publication and um, they owned other types of media and I was selling media and advertisement space. And like, it was just like these very fancy, the magazine, but like the inside was like concrete walls, just like not, I just, I, I thought, God, how did I get here? This isn't what I want, but I was still young enough to feel like I could press the reset button. So mm-hmm. I quit that job. I'm 23. I, uh, I take on some independent PR clients. It's the first time I ever went out independent on my life. I was like, I'm going to start my own business, took on some PR, yes. PR clients, moved to New York city and decide this is where I'm going to like set my life on fire. And I got there and a series of unfortunate things happened that I will later look back at as miracle moment after miracle moment, after mm. miracle moment to knock <laughs> me out of the PR game. Um, and I ended up becoming a yoga instructor that summer. I got certified to do that. Um, I was waiting tables, like tons of hard work, late nights. 
as soon as I got my yoga certification, I was like, you know what? I dedicated myself. I buckled down. I could do it. I am going to go to cosmetology school. Like it used to feel like it was going to be this huge thing. And I'm like, but I just got certified to do yoga. I can do that. But I promised myself, I was like, you won't, you can't change again. Now I'm 24. I'm like, you can't change. again. You can do this. Don't embarrass us. Do not decide you want to do like, you're going to go to cosmetology school. That's what you're going to do. You cannot change again. (laughs) So I go to school and, um, there's a miracle moment. And the the one I'm going to share happens actually after I graduated Mm. cosmetology school, Mm -hmm. I ended up working at one of the biggest and best beauty industry companies on the planet. And given the the type of person that I am, that I learn really quick and I master really quick, I actually started working my way like up the corporate ladder really, really quickly. And a lot of aligned things were happening for me and I was ending up in the right meetings and all the right places. And Ray, I felt like I was suffocating. I was like, this is not, I'm not happy. And I had so much shame around having everything I ever had wanted and it not being enough. I was like, am I just this like insatiable force, like hot mess human who cannot find gratitude? Like I I had everything I wanted. I got to do a Ted talk on the L'Oreal stage. Like I, I got all of my bucket list there. I mean, I was it all. And I, and I could see this future where like, I could have been what I always wanted, like in the top, I could have gotten there Mm -hmm. and I didn't want it. And so it was after one of like the biggest peaks of, of my career that I felt like I I needed, I need to take some time down Mm -hmm. and I need, I need to figure out what it is that I want to do. So sorry. I need to figure out what it is I want to do. And so, um, I started listening to myself again. Like I I thought, what Mm -hmm. if I just start listening to what it is I like again without judging myself for wanting it. And if it's not go home and like do hair on a mannequin or go home and work on board. Like if it's none of those things, then like just go do that thing. So I started loving going for really long walks and listening to podcasts, like spirituality podcasts. And it was within just two months that I stumbled upon one that, that was about human design. And um, at that time I was actually driving somewhere for, a, for, for a job. And I pulled my car over off the highway, like the next exit, just to look up yeah. my human design chart. I'm like, what am I? Um, and that's where I found you need that, to know. <laughs> and when I found manifesting generator, I have to be honest, my reaction was like, God damn it. Like why? Like why? Cause mm-hmm. I had just heard a little bit about all the types and I wanted to be a projector. I really <laughs> wanted to be a projector. So <laughs> little they have vision. They, they're self-led. They can guide us. Like, why do I have to be the one that has ADD that can't be in a linear space that always wants to move around? It honestly felt like airing out all of my dirty laundry, like just finding, I was like, oh yeah. Like and it, once I surrendered to it, I started realizing how, how, how cool it was. And, um, and I became, obs- I became obsessed with human design. Like I just couldn't mm. stop reading it. I would Google it until three in the morning. Like, it's like, what is the thing that you can't stop thinking about? Yes. For me, it was, it was human design. The and thing I, that keeps you up at night. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Or like when you're in a space, when you're in a room full of people 
if you could talk, like if there's one thing you could start talking about, that's going to make you like giddy inside, like, what is that thing? Mm. And I started looking at people's charts and I was, I started charging $23 a reading with me. The readings would take me 10 hours to prepare and then I would yeah. you know, go do it. Um, You're like two cents. That's all we need. <laughs> it's like, there's gotta be some sort of energetic exchange, but like, you know, um, I was reading people like coworkers at like a lunch hour. I was backstage at these huge beauty events, photo shoots, like reading the models charts, like anyone who was interested, I was like, let me read your chart. Mm-hmm. And, um, if it wasn't for knowing I was a manifesting generator, I don't think I ever would have allowed myself to love it as much as I did. It was like mm. finding the thing that I loved, but in the thing that I loved, also finding permission to really just want it and love it and be in it because the shame of like doing something else was, I, I honestly thought I would retire at that company. Mm. Like I, I promised myself, like we will hey. not you know? So yeah. And here I am almost five years later. I just went full-time in my business in October, October, 2021. Yes. Um, and I am fully, I am just so fully alive in this work. I am the clients I have served, the transformations I have seen, the love I still have for this practice is unbelievable. And even as a manifesting generator who wants to quickly master things, like there are so many different facets of human design. There are so many different ways you can use this tool. Um, the work itself is never ending. Like once you think you know it all about human design, there's more, there's always more. And you can use it in so many different ways to incorporate it into other services. Like I, I read Akashic records. I do like Akashic mm-hmm. record blends with human design. I do coaching. Um, that's actually what I do now. I, I moved away from yeah. my like just the one-on-ones. And then I've created a certification to train human design readers um, under the Meeting Your Magic certification. So that's been incredible. Wow. Oh, I just love this. There's so much like momentum that happened from those, those moments of just kind of finding yourself in the place of like, okay, I have everything I want, but I'm still not feeling satisfied. And I love how you said it was like one miracle after another. Like it, it almost felt like it was less of like just one miracle moment. It was like the miracle moment was like this whole year or however long it was of you kind of coming into that awareness that like, this isn't it. Even if I have everything that everyone else is telling me I should be excited about, this isn't enough for me. And I want something else. Even if I'm curious, when you were in that space, did you know like what you wanted instead, or you just felt like discomfort with what you were experiencing? Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I just realized that I wanted to be free. Mm. I just, I realized that I, I was playing a role and I wanted to be an active participant of my life again. I wanted to be able to have time to like notice things. And, um, I wanted to feel alive by something, but I, I didn't know yet. And actually what's funny is that the very first thing that, that stuck for me was, so we had this big event, it was for 2000 hairdressers and I got to teach a class uh, there. So I had an audience of 2000 people. I was so excited about it. When that was over, 
I was like, I hit a rock bottom. I was just like, oh God, like, I don't want to go back to my job. Like, I just want to do this all the time. I love the feeling of like being on a stage and and being inspirational. And I just did not want to go back to like sitting at a desk and back into this little like sort of container. And uh, the, the first thing that I actually took aligned action on was I realized that getting ready for this event, I had put a lot of things in my personal life to the wayside, things like my health, Mm -hmm. things like my finances. I just had really abandoned self and I had given everything to my job, which is Mm -hmm. how I thought I was supposed to operate. And I thought, what if I could take like one thing back? What if I could just take one thing back? And I thought, well, it would be my, my finances. So Mm -hmm. I sat down with a financial advisor. This was like the first aligned action I did was I found this incredible company. Um, they make it fun. It's women owned, it's women led. And, um, they give you a box of tissues and a glass of wine and they pull up all your stuff. (laughs) I didn't use the tissues to cry about the debt I had gotten myself into because I certainly had. Um, but I use the tissues when she asked me, where do you see yourself in five years? Because I actually had no idea. Like that was the first time that I was like, I don't even know. And she's like, okay, probably most people don't cry when you ask that question. Right. So she's just like, just, I just want you to think about like, what would be like, you don't have to give me all the details, just create the feeling, just create the vibe of what you want to be. And I said, I want to be in my own company. I want to have my own company. And she said, okay, what do you do? What do you do? And I said, I don't know. I empower women. I don't know. I don't know. So I was like, but there, there could be a business in here. Um, almost five years to the date, I actually left my full-time job and started my, my wow. company, but it was through this looking at my finances. Um, I think I was starting to already release some shame. I had around like past behaviors, forgive myself mm-hmm. just for being careless because a lot of the things I was doing was blowing money on interest. Cause I just wasn't, I wasn't giving attention. I wasn't giving vision. Yeah. I wasn't giving my myself to what was happening. I was just mm-hmm. always not looking. And so I had to go through a lot of that. And, um, the owner of this company, her name's Shannon McLay. She had a podcast and yeah. she's the one that got me into podcasts. So I started listening to Shannon McClay mm-hmm. all the time, which listened to her all the time. And I'd listen to her guests. And one of her guests led me to another podcast, which led me and to what another a synchronicity podcast. there. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. And it was just like, I felt something that felt good. And I said yes to it. So no, yeah. my career did not end up being in finance and God bless the people that would ever try to get like financial advice from me. Cause I wouldn't be the best person for it. Like truly I have an advisor for a reason, um, yeah. but, but I, I ended up through one aligned. Yes. Ended up finding like a real aligned. Yes. Something that I actually wanted to take action on. And yeah, not and all that's all things. it takes is yes. one aligned. Yes. All it takes is what, what do I desire? Like that simple question of what do you want in five years? And I can see how it can be almost jarring sometimes to respond in that way of really laying your dreams out there. But as you start to look at the things that you're doing in life, how, how can I go closer towards things I desire can be one of the easiest guiding guidepost. And that's it. Just allow one step at a time, one aligned action, one synchronicity of, oh, this feels like magic. Oh, this feels like a miracle. 
then go in that direction and see what's there, follow what's there, even if you don't know the how or even the what on the other side. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I think so often we try to figure out where is this going, Mm -hmm. right? Or we go, there's no point. There's no point. Like I'm interested in it, but what's the point? And it's like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. say you're trying to find your next business partner or your partner and you're getting really into cooking and you're like, ah, but that's not going to get me any closer to dating. And then you go to a cooking class and you sit next to them or you're like, oh, oh, hello. Like, we don't know why things are calling to us. They just are because they're the path of least resistance for us to Mm. get on the right aligned path. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. And follow the least resistance. We don't have to make things all challenging and difficult. It actually might be in the greatest flow, greatest alignment for you and everyone else around you. If you follow what's just there, what's easy and not, not always the easiest, but maybe what, what you're being guided towards. Right. All right. And mm-hmm. cause I believe, I firmly believe we'll get where we need to go anyway. It's yeah. just, do we want to get there on a path of joy mm-hmm. or do we want to get there on a path of resistance and turmoil and all the things that we don't want to call in? Yes, totally. So I'm, I'm really curious. And so for everyone that's listening, so you have my human design chart. So would you be open to reading some of it on this call? And we can kind of give give all the readers or the listeners an idea of what it would be like to receive a human design reading and um, also learn a bit of, we, we heard a bit of what it's like to be a manifesting generator and we'll see what comes out. I mean, I already know, yeah. but <laughs> we'll see what wants to come out. Yeah, absolutely. So as we, as we chatted about, there's five energy types and each type is here to navigate the world in a specific way with their energy. And some types are meant to initiate, some types are meant to respond, some types are meant to wait for the invitation, others need to kind of really take a very lean back approach because they feel the entire world and uh, and, and they need some space to decide how, how they wanna move. And so your type is called projector, which you're familiar with, and your sort of energetic pathway through the world because we're, we're, we're human beings moving through space and time. And so yeah. our, our human design chart tells us like how to navigate through space and time without bumping into stuff we don't want to bump into while attracting <laughs> everything that we want and how to walk sort of the mm. most meaningful, beautiful path full of magnetism and, and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And so, so for you, you're, you're called splenic projector. So projectors. And if you, if you've never heard of human design before, and you're looking up your chart right now, your energy type will be right up at the top. Um, and then you're going to see something called strategy. So every single type has a strategy. So for Ray, her strategy is to wait for the invitation. That's the projector strategy. My, my strategy as manifesting generator is to wait to respond. So I have to feel something in my body first to know if it's a yes or no. And then I can take take aligned action after and only after I have truly felt it in my body. And for Ray, it's about being invited in. One of the misconceptions for projectors is that they have to just sit back, lean completely back and wait to be invited to absolutely everything, which is, which is not true because a hard Mm -hmm. invitation is not always going to come in in the mail or, or verbally to you. Sometimes it really is about getting into an aligned space. And I like to pull this from the movie, um, 
Hitch. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the movie Hitch with Will Smith where he's trying to help that guy who has like no game get mm-hmm. a girl? This yeah. guy has no game. He does not understand the, the, the basics. <laughs> about romance and Will Smith is telling him like you're gonna take this girl her name's like Allegra you're gonna take Allegra out on a date and when you bring her home you're gonna walk her to her door and you're gonna come in 90% and let her go the 10% to kiss you so you come in 90% on that kiss and you let her move the rest and projectors can actually do this in their world all the time. It's about getting like as close to as networking, being in that energy, saying who you are. You just don't say, do you want to hire me as a coach? It's like, Mm -hmm. hi, I'm Ray. This is what I do. These are all the offering things that I have Mm -hmm. 90% and just let them be like, oh, do you have any spots open? Why? Yes, sure. I do. The energy of a projector when it's, when it's, when it's invited, all of a sudden it feels it feels warm. The other person is ready to receive what it is that you're giving them. But when a projector tries to move through space and time without that invitation, without the other person energetically opening, it's almost like they're throwing an energetic ball against the wall and the ball comes back and hits them in the face. So if you give, <laughs> you're giving advice without someone asking for it, or if you're pushing too much, whatever it could be like in your business or with clients or trying to push sales, any of those things are actually going to feel like they come back and they smack you in the face. And the problem when we get these energetic whiplashes is that you make it mean something about you. And it actually has nothing to do with you. It's all just about how you tried to move through space and time in a way that wasn't energetically a fit. As soon as you step back, and let them come to you, let them ask. It's like, it changes everything. Does that make sense? Totally. (laughs) So, so waiting for the invitation, this will apply to anyone who sees the words projector on their chart. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to also think of projectors as the birds in the world full of squirrels. So like the energy types who are manifesting generators and generators, we have what's called sacral energy. And we are designed to create physical energy every single day to get stuff done. So in this analogy, we're the squirrels on the ground and say the game of life is getting acorns. The squirrels are like running around, getting acorns, digging through the ground, putting them in a pile, climbing up the tree, putting acorns in the pile. And a bird like Ray is born into the community full of squirrels. Now, I want you to think about the fact that 70% of the population is a squirrel. Okay. So you were born, you look around, you don't see that many people like you. You're most likely born into a family of squirrels and we're living in a squirrel world. Yes, I always, we are. I always say it's a generator's world and projectors are just shifting it. You're just <laughs> shifting. You're just starting to shift it because it's been, we have generations and generations and generations living as generators. So this little sweet little bird looks around, sees the direction everyone's going. And it's all about the acorns. So Ray with her adorable little beak starts like pushing through the dirt and finds acorns and uses her little bird claws and climbs up the tree when we all know she could just fly, right? She's acting like a generator, (laughs) wasting her energy, trying to do the generator thing. And then one day there's a moment of reckoning. And this is where Ray sees herself in the river. She sees her reflection in the river. She's like, what am I doing? Like, I got wings. She flaps up her little wings. And before you know it, she's up in the sky. And she's looking down on the squirrel community. And she realizes that all of the good acorns are actually a couple acres away. 
and that there's trees abundant with acorns and all her little generator friends are just like running around in circles, wasting their time. So Ray can now come down and tell the squirrels, guys, good acorns are, you know, five miles that way. Follow me. I'll take you. This is how, this is how projectors live their magic. It does require that bird's eye view. It does require getting out of the work. So anytime that you find yourself like in the dirt, I say to my projector clients, like, Mm -hmm. why is your beak in the ground? (laughs) You got to get up. Getting Mm -hmm. up requires being, not doing. Every time you are doing, and it doesn't even matter how aligned the doing is, it is still in the dirt. So your magic happens when you step back and you're able to get the big picture. And that's where you can really tell other people like what it is that you see. And the problem for so many projectors is they spend a lot of time on the ground, flapping their wings, yelling at everybody. Listen to me. I'm a projector. I have wings. I have wings. And it's like, girl, you got no street credit. You got to get up in this. You can't yell from the ground and tell other people (laughs) no one's going to listen to you because when you do it from the level where everyone else is you can see the same things they can see. Why should they listen to you? Mm. So you've got to get your embodiment. This is where for projectors, like their strategies wait for the invitation, but in meeting your magic, part of that strategy is just about who you be all the time. Everything mm. that you want to like do, have, you, you have to be in the embodiment of it. And then naturally you will get invited to do it or show someone else how to do it. Like it's just an energetic match when you're in the being and the embodiment of now, for Ray, yours is called a splenic projector, which means that your authority comes from your spleen. And this is all about listening to your most primitive awareness center. The spleen is, we call it intuition, but it actually is based on fear. And it will let you know, like, am I safe or not? Does this feel good for me or not? You might also experience it, experience it in the sense of like, does this experience? Band me as a human? Like, do I feel like I'm moving into a bigger version of myself or do I feel like I'm shrinking back? Because when we stop, we stop feeling like we're going to evolve. That's also fear because we're designed to continue mm-hmm. to grow. So sometimes situations just make oof, you want to jump away from them because it's like, oh, I do not feel like the bigger version of myself when I'm over there. That does not move me toward my evolution or my growth. So you're always going to be listening to that still small pull inside of you that says, yes, it's safe to continue or no, don't go there. The problem with the spleen is that it's not as nagging as a gut. She's not as loud. She's actually, she's quite, she's quite calm. And sometimes she'll tell you once and then she's not going to bother you again. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we're listening. Like we have to make sure that we're quiet enough that we can hear her. We got to make sure we're actively checking in. And I like to set the context of like, all right, intuition. I want to let you know that I'm here and I'm available today. Like, I just want to set that tone. Like I'm, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm willing to receive. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. It's not always going to come in yes or no either. Like it's not quite as black and white as like a sacral would be when we have sacral mm-hmm. definition. It can sometimes be more like more, more directive. Um, it can tell you go here or don't go there or um, call this person so that it can be a little bit more pointy in terms of where it tries to lead you, but it is so, so, so important that you follow it. Do you, do you resonate with us? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, in some of the other human design readings and information that I've learned is 
and I'd actually be curious to hear your perspective on it is there's the like initial hit that happens. And then sometimes the echo kind of starts to disappear. And mm-hmm. so for, for me, what I've heard is the strategy is to like really listen at that initial point of, you know, an invitation coming in or a decision that gets brought to me and to hear that. But I'm curious, cause I've heard a few different viewpoints on it, which is, how I feel immediately after I get that initial hit sometimes could actually be more of the truth. Mm. So here, when I look at your chart as a total, because I think that the spleen is one of the more, um, how do I say com- in the human design world, it's one of the w- ones where people have a conversation more a little bit about like, ah, well, yeah. for me, I interpret it this way. Um, yeah. I just lost your chart for a second, but I do remember seeing your spleen was open. I believe, I mean, your solar plexus is open, um, mm-hmm. which may, depending on where you are, create emotional influence based off of other people around you. You might be picking up on like, say someone else's excitement and you're like, Ooh, or someone else's sacral energy, which you don't have. So, um, say for an example, I'm somewhere with you. My sacral is, is defined. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, Ray, we have to do this. Like, I don't know, this chat with my defined heart ego, yours is open. And I could be like, we have to do this. Like 21 and 21 day challenge. It's going to be amazing. And your spleen's like, okay. And then later on, you're like, why did I say yes to that? Right. Because I was just basking in the energy of Kira's sacral energy, her, her ego energy, her ego energy, all of Mm. those energy centers are actually going to spill on and over to you, which is why sometimes depending on where you're at, how energetically aligned you are, how sort of buttoned up, you've got all that. Sometimes it might be really crystal clear when you first feel that hit. And other times it might feel like it's being influenced in another way. So I would say, listen initially, and you can still give yourself a a step back and listen to that echo, listen to like, get quiet with it. And I truly believe that our spleen, it's, it's, she's not like, she's not like that. She's not like she calls you once and you don't answer. And she's like, bye. Like she'll come just be like, listen, like I really, I really want to make myself available. Like repeat the question, put yourself back in the scenario, make yourself open and available to heal the truth. And, and you, you absolutely will where you want to be mindful of in your chart, where you're open is that heart ego center that is open. That can essentially, like I said earlier, bask in the willpower of someone else. So like, Mm. You're a perfect example of someone that could go to like a Tony Robbins event and he's defined in his heart ego and like, be like, we're going to sell our houses and we're going to do all that. And you're like, yes. And a couple of days later, you're mm-hmm. like, why did I do that? Like, what was that? It's being, <laughs> it's being in the influence of someone who's super defined. So you don't always want to be impulsive. Um, you want to make sure that you're giving yourself time alone with you. It's also very important. Mm, I love that. Love that clarity. Yeah. I just think something happened with my um Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I think it's just it's fascinating the conversation around splenic and yeah, that decision point and when does it come? And I definitely find myself being influenced by whoever I'm around almost always. And that's something that I've really gotten to know about myself is like when when I'm around someone, I will just tend to jump in and it's this chameleon energy. And I think there, there were a lot of shadows that I experienced of that growing up being very easily like swayed and, um, 
you know, going, going with the flow, even if it's sometimes against what I really want to stand by. And so that's something that I've definitely worked on strengthening and understanding. And that alone time is the way that I've been able to find how to come home to myself and okay, what is me? Yeah. And and that's such a beautiful thing for you to have, have noticed and acknowledged in yourself because you do have a lot open in your chart and our open centers are represented by a white energy center. If you're wondering, and the defined are always going to be colored in and right out of nine centers, you have two that are defined and you have a lot of openness. And so where we, where you do receive influence would just be even like in your head, where you receive inspiration in your Ajna, where we process our thoughts in the throat about like what you want to speak about, what you want to, uh, how you want to self-express your G center, which is open is going to be taking in different environments. Like you said, chameleon kind of adapting to the, to the space and environment that you're in the open heart ego influenced by willpower saying yes to things. Um, also it's all about like feeling a need to prove or validate the open solar plexus takes in everyone else's emotions and feels them three times more than other people. So what you want to watch out for there is the fear of confrontation and realizing that you are strong enough to stand in the emotional repercussions of letting someone else down or having a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. See, wherever we're open, we're actually meant to experience the feelings of the, the defined energy centers and allow it just to flow through us. So where we're open, we're, we're designed to flow. But what ends up happening is we get a lot gets trapped up in the energy center because we start to make it mean something about us. We start to get caught up in shame. We start to end up in our not self theme about it. And then we don't even allow it to flow because we try to solve it and we try to fix it. And we don't just let ourselves feel it like the solar plexus is designed to feel a depth of feeling. Yours is open. So you're going to feel like from the most extreme sadness to the most blissed out you've ever experienced in your entire life. Like the threshold is so wide. It is so wide. And when you walk into a room, you feel everyone's stuff and you feel it more than they feel it. And that's okay. It's okay to just be like, I'm in a moment where I'm feeling and experiencing all of this. And I know when I leave this room, I can leave it here. Mm -hmm. I, I can let it, I can let it be, but we go, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I so energetically sensitive? Oh my God, what do I have to do? Is there something I have to fix? Do I have to have a conversation with that person? Do I need to drink more? Do I need to like work out more? Like, what is it that I need to do to get rid of this feeling where it's like, we just need to feel the feeling and the faster we feel it, then we can, it can flow through us. Um, So where we're open is also our greatest opportunities for growth and for wisdom. And I like to think about wherever we're open, there's exponential growth in those areas that we never, ever, ever will stop growing. And where we're defined, they're like our anchors, where it's like the safe place we can always go home to, but the growth will undoubtedly be slower and not as extreme because we're already so steady and stable there that it does not have the same stretchiness. So it's not good or bad to be more open or closed. It's like, it's all a beautiful experience. It's just a matter of like, where did I come to this earth experience? What did my soul come to this earth experience to learn? And where we're open is usually the signs on like what we came to work on. Mm, Wow. That's really fascinating. I've never heard that perspective on the, the open centers as that. They're fun. I mean, where I'm open now, I'm just like playing in my open spaces every day, but yeah. 
if we're not careful, um, the one, the where we're open is what we identify as. It's what we say we are. Like when we're open solar plexus, for an example, which you and I are, mm-hmm. if someone was to say, do you consider yourself to be an emotional person? What would you say? Yes. Yes. I'm so emotional. <laughs> like, uh, do you consider yourself to be in your head a lot and get, you know, be kind of like up and airy and in your head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because we're not, our head is actually open and our solar plexus is open, which means we're considered non-emotional and everything that's up in our head doesn't even belong to us anyway. So it's like, what the heck? <laughs> Why do I identify as being right. that when I'm not right. that? And this is what we talk about in human design when we say our mm. not self-theme. It's like, we identify with what we're not. And if we make decisions in life based out of who we're not, then we end up on the, out of a lot in the, on, out of the, on, out of the aligned path. We end up off of it. So if mm. I make a decision from my head to avoid a, an emotional confrontation, because I just don't feel like dealing with it. And I say, which I have done in the past, it'll be easier for me if I just suck it up and do it myself. Say the confrontation I don't want to have is like, no one is helping me at work. I'm like, I'll just be easier if I suck it up and I do it myself. I'm making a decision to go completely out of alignment, right? And I'm probably severing some relationships because I didn't ask for what I needed. And now they're going to feel whatever their not self-theme is. And then I'm going to feel my generator not self-theme is frustration. I'm going to feel frustrated because I sucked it up and I did it all myself. And now I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I use my energy in the wrong way. And I'm, I'm upset. And if the person I upset say it was Ray, say you're my business partner. And I didn't tell you what I needed because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. You're going to feel bitter because I left you out and I didn't give you the opportunity to help. So that's your not self-theme is bitterness. Mm-hmm. So I'll be frustrated and you'll be bitter. And then I'll be frustrated that you're even bitter because I did all the work. How could yeah. you be? I'm mad at me. I get it. What do you mean? So this is how like most of the time when we're not getting along with someone, it's our not self-theme, not getting along with their not self-theme mm-hmm. most of the time. And so, um, yeah, it's wild. And when we each live our lives for ourselves, for you, when you go after your signature, do you know your signature is projector? No, I don't. Signature is like at the end of the day, the feeling you get when you're just like in total alignment and you've walked Mm. through the day with like the least amount of resistance and all the things that you've done are adding up. You will feel as projector success. Mm. successful, not a success. That's like, I gained a hundred Instagram followers today, but like a success. That's just like, yeah. mm, like true to my core, recognized feeling seen for who I am successful in my work, successful in keeping my promises to myself, successful in staying in my alignment. That's your signature. And the not self theme is bitterness. So one of the things you can do at the end of the day to like check in with yourself is like on a scale of bitterness to success, where am I falling? Mm. How am I feeling? What decisions did I make? Yeah. That led me to either feeling more successful or more bitter. And sometimes it's just like, we did our laundry, we folded our laundry because we said we would. And we're like, I feel super successful. We're doing that. And I didn't spend an hour on Instagram at night before bed. I read a book, look at me, which by the way, you definitely will benefit from getting about an hour before bed. Mm-hmm. No technology, reading a book, taking a bath, having a wind down routine. Projectors need space to empty yes. out the energy they pick up from other people all day. So you get the best rest, best mm-hmm. rest, most like restorative sleep 
when you are giving yourself space before bed and just in your own aura, mm-hmm. winding it down. feel that. Absolutely. That's a big, big theme for me, for sure. Oh, wow. This is so fascinating. Thank you so much for diving in. And like, I know I learned new things about being a projector and I'm sure the listeners also learned so much and are like probably scrambling to go (laughs) find out what they are as well. Amazing. Well, this has been so much fun and I could read your chart all day because there is just, like I told you, I was like, I love this chart. There's a lot of really incredible things. Um, If I could leave you with one piece for your chart, I want you to know that you are an innate leader. Um, It comes up in multiple spaces in your chart that you're here to bring into the world things that did not exist before you came. You're here to make Mm. magic and birth new life and offerings and creative projects. And you are a natural storyteller. So uh, keep doing the podcast because that comes up for you Mm. so strongly in your chart as well. Keep traveling. I know this is a difficult time to travel, but you find different pieces of yourself everywhere you go. And it's not like you discover something new. Like every time you go to another place, it's like you found a piece of you that always existed that you didn't have access to till you got there. So keep traveling, um, keep journaling. I think you mentioned that you journal, keep journaling. Mm. It's so good for you to just dump your brain out on paper every single day and keep singing and keep breathing. Cause it's incredible mm. to give that throat chakra, keep it really nice and open. Your throat is open and it can get jammed up with other people's stuff. So to clear out that energy, breathing exercises and singing are like one of the most incredible things you can do. And I know these are all things that you do. So yes, you are just perfect. props to you because <laughs> you're living in such alignment. Oh, and keep physically moving. So Ray, you yeah. have a defined root center. Um, the root center requires physical movement every day. Physical. It's not just like I, I sat that. at my computer and I banged, it's done a workout. I'm done. It's like, no. go for a walk, do some more, do some yoga, dance do some flat, lift some weight, do whatever it is that you want to do, but physically move that body. And by the time that you need to move, you will not recognize it as a feeling that you need to move. It will feel like anxiety. Yeah. I definitely experienced that. And that's a big part of my day. I'm like, what am I, how am I moving today? What am I going to move? Where am I going to go? Am I going to go surf, walk, yoga, dance? Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Definitely resonates. Oh, thank you so, so much. This was such an amazing episode and I'm just walking away so grateful and excited to continue on the journey of, you know, that walking in alignment and, and opening up to the magic, opening up to the miracles from that space, following the desires, everything that we talked about today. I love that. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, we will see you all soon and have a great day. Bye, everyone. Thanks for checking out this video. Subscribe and ring the bell if you haven't yet so you can stay up to date for new episodes coming out soon. And remember to witness and acknowledge the miracles and magic in every moment. This is Ray Ireland, and I'll see you soon.